News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender Show, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Charlotte Observer, News and Observer, reporting that at least uh, 25 school boards had voted to end mask mandates as of February 18th. And for the first time since the pandemic started, a majority of North Carolina school districts do not require face masks. Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools voting last night to uh, drop their mask mandate, but only after March 7th. They need two weeks to mentally prepare for the day when they will walk around without masks on. I got to tell you, and I don't mean this to be flippant or uh, or mean. I'm not trying to be mean here, but I'm honestly like I'm a pretty patient person. People who know me, I think, will attest that I'm a pretty patient guy, like really patient guy. I'm about done with being governed by the most hysterical people. I'm sorry. I really am. Like, I am really about to. I tried to be empathetic. I tried to understand. This goes both ways here, like where people are, you know, when they come down with me on the like pro or anti-vax or pro or anti mask pro or anti covid like if if you're hysterical and you're like just just dealing out of fear you shouldn't be you should not be leading you should not be dictating policy i, I that i'm i'm just done with it so uh last night at the school board meeting charlotte mecklenburg school board meeting there was an attempt to tie the school policy to the county mask mandate policy to have it dropped by February 26th, which is the county deadline, too. And that failed. Here is Juan Torres Munoz. He is the student advisor on the board, which apparently they added this seat while I was gone. See, yet another thing. I wasn't here. I was working in Asheville at the time, and so apparently they went and put a kid on the board. Like, like who looks at the school board and says, you know what the school board needs it's the kids' voice on the school board. That's what we need because the school board isn't quite immature enough. We're going to put a student. Actually, the students usually do a pretty good job. Um, but this kid, Juan Torres, he's the new student advisor on the board. He does not get a vote as far as I can tell. He just advises. He's just there to speak for all the students. He's the representative for all the students on the board. And uh, he... He started off, I thought, pretty strong. He was like, you're free to decide how you want to proceed. You can wear it or not. It's up to you. But he's asking people not to judge others who keep wearing the mask. But he also didn't want to move the date up. He wanted to stick with the, the later date, give everybody two weeks to mentally prepare, he said. You know? Many students, like, it, it's been mixed. Uh, the, the opinions of students like this, superintendent said before, Many students want to keep masks. Many others don't want to wear masks anymore. And I do believe that keeping it on the 7th will allow students to see in these two weeks what they feel more comfortable doing uh, <laughs> rather than just making them change, like stop wearing masks on the 25th. Because it, it, just, it, it just gives them more time to see, hey, am I comfortable doing this? Am I not comfortable uh, stopping wearing, stop wearing a mask? It just gives them more time, and uh, like. So what you're saying is, it gives them more time. Do I am I get am I getting that right? I just want to make sure. I think it's clear. You just they just want more time. Just to be clear, Ben said before, 
just focus on making students uh, be sure that they won't be bullied or anything in schools because of not wearing or not wearing a mask. Right. And making sure that's, that every classroom has a mask, like, like a box of masks there for any student who wants to wear a mask in any, in any case. That way uh, we can ensure that that mask optional uh, policy is, is being used because if classrooms or, or schools in general don't have masks, then what are those students who want to wear a mask going to do if they don't have that accessibility to those, uh, to those masks? Yeah, uh, and I said masks so many times. So. <laughs> okay, so uh, there's the student advisor weighing in. Some really vital advice. Board Chairwoman Elise Dashu said over the weekend she wasn't sure which way she was going to vote on this, but ended up opposing the attempt to drop the mandate at the same time the county drops its mandate. Um, I think it's funny when we invite um, medical experts and epidemiological experts to speak to us, sometimes we all hear what we want to hear. <laughs> like They'll say one thing and we hear two different things, but I heard him say that he supports a March 7th um, beginning. Um, March 7th shift, and that meant a lot to me. Um, I just feel like he heard me. I just felt like I was being listened to. Do you, you get the sense that we're being governed by, like, the crowd at a taping of the Oprah Winfrey show? You know, with the with the whole, the whole sympathetic head nod kind of attitude, like, mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, oh. Oh, it's just. So she's talking about the public health director there, Dr. Raynard Washington, who did say, yeah, if you want to drop your mask mandate March 7th, he supports you doing it because he supports you doing it, period. <laughs> right. So you want to drop it tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, the day after that, the day after that, the day after that. The day after, do you get my point here? Right, yeah, because he, he supports dropping it at any point because that's literally his recommendation to the county to drop the mask mandate because it was tied to the metric that he said is an unreliable metric and our case counts are plummeting. So, yeah, we need to take the off-ramp. That's his recommendation. So when you're like, well, what about the March 7th date? And he's like, yeah, that's fine, March 7th. And so that's what the chairwoman is holding on to, well, he said 7th is okay. He said any date's okay. But yes, when you said, well, what about the 7th? And he said yes, then yes, he did say the 7th is okay. Also, I know she said she thought it was funny. I don't think she thinks it's funny, though. Not funny, haha. No, she's, what is kind of comical is the way that, because they're going through the board, is obviously going through all these, um, uh, like uh, self-help improvement, board improvement. Uh, I don't even know what they call them, uh, but these exercises. Oh, it's the most tedious thing in the world. They assess themselves. Like in the middle of the meeting, they start assessing themselves on how they how they did on a particular topic. Like, And it happened last night. Hey, we're going to get this report. Let's look at this report. And okay, now let's follow this structured exercise where we assess ourselves and how well we discuss that topic. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's it is something. So they're taking shots at each other. That's what that was. That's Dashu taking a shot at cheek and strain. That's what she was doing. 
Oh, I think it's funny that when we have an expert come in and then we all hear what we want to hear. Yes, you do, don't you? You heard what you wanted to hear. Yeah, you you crafted that that thought to make it fit with what you wanted as your preferred outcome. That's what you just did too. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So the board chair, Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board Chair, Elise Dashu, said she wasn't really sure which way she was going to be going on that vote on the mask mandate and moving it up to tie it to the same date as the county's mask mandate uh, going away on the 26th. But she ended up opposing the attempt to move it up to the county's deadline, um, instead preferring the March 7th. And uh, this was her response to... Uh, the arguments that were being put forth by Sean Strain and Rhonda Cheek, who were saying there's no sense in not having it be the same as the counties. This is the county health director. He recommended it be done away with on the 26th to the county. And the only reason it's the 26th and not the 16th when he made the recommendation is because the state law says got to give 10 days notice. So we could do it right now. And so that this was Dashu's response. It meant a lot to me. Um, I, I see there's a difference of five business days between the 26th and the 7th, and it's legit. I've heard from a lot of um, school-based staff who say they need that time to get their protocols in place, to get the communications clearly ironed out, um, and there's some folks who want to, you know, hurry up and get their boosters um, or what? get their vaccinations. Oh. So, um, so with that, I will call a motion on a vote. a vote on the amendment. All those in favor of the amendment to the motion, please let it be known by a show of hands. Okay, those opposed, and that is three to six. That goes fails three to six. So now we're back to the main motion. All right. So then Rhonda Cheek from District One, who made that motion, was trying to move up the the mask mandate. Uh, what, what do we? I gotta find a better word for this. Oh, we can make up a word. What does it mean when the mandates end? We have to come up with a word that that we got to use, like when it when it falls away, it's not renewed. We could come up with. I don't know. Got to like votainer. Like we came up the, with the word votainer for top vote getter because that's a terrible word and phrase. Awful. So we say votainer. Anyway, um, Rhonda Cheek. She argues that Charlotte-Mecklenburg Schools is actually out of step with other districts in the way it's dropping its mandate on the 7th and not now. So last night, a district that we turn to a lot and say we're similar to, which is Guilford County, voted to end their mandatory mask policy today. Today. Not tomorrow. Today. No ramp, no speed bumps, no whatever, today. When? We are surely as good, and our students and staff are better. I think the CMS is the best district in the state of North Carolina. We're surely adequate to do it just as as rapidly as Guilford managed to do it. Now, this is some psychological stuff right here, right? This is like, this is bulletin board material, right? This is what the... What the athletes do, like when you talk some smack and then the other team puts it up in their locker room to motivate them, like, are you going to, so you're saying we're not as good as Guilford County? I wouldn't say that. I think we're the best. Do you think we're not the best? Like, that's, that was a good attempt. I don't, 
It didn't work, but I thought it was a good attempt. So that just kind of baffles me that Guilford could vote last night for today. Mm-hmm. We are going to hopefully vote tonight. We're going to vote tonight for March 7th, which means that was, gosh, I get my numbers mixed up. So on the 16th, the county said they were going mass optional. So we've known from the 16th of February, right. 28 days, that's 12 days plus 7, 19 days. So Guilford can do it in 12 hours, and we can do it in whatever 19 I days. 19 days. So I'm just going to say that let's at least get this done. I'm thankful that we are going to vote as a board, hopefully unanimously, maybe not. I don't know. I can't count tea leaves anymore for March the 7th to give families a choice. I think I know people that are still going to wear masks. I know people that aren't going to wear masks. I respect all of them. I respect all those decisions. I respect young children that have immunocompromised situations of their own or family members. I respect all of them. I've been a nurse for 39 years. Those things are real and people's concerns are real and I respect that. I just don't understand why it's going to take us 19 days to get this together. We are we are a stronger district than that. And, um, and I'll just point out that we, we um, you know, while we don't make our decisions based on peer pressure of other districts, we no. all have our own unique circumstances, but the other district that we often compare, get compared to is Wake County, who are voting tonight for March 7th. So, so there's a lot of differences. There, there's a lot of different models out there. We usually try not to compare ourselves Pardon? to Wake. It was approved. Oh, and it was approved. Okay. All right. Uh, about that Wake County approval. Um, they did approve their March 7th, but they also said starting immediately, like with all of their extracurricular activities, like all the sports, yeah, you can go maskless now. That's already taking effect. So not quite the same as Wake County, but similar on the March 7th, which, by the way, this March 7th date, you know where it comes from? North Carolina DHHS, the Safe Schools Toolkit NC, which they revise and don't tell people. Yeah, they just, like, make some revisions here and there. They change it around. and So they did that. They, they threw that out there. It's, they almost, it's like stealth editing. Like when you publish a piece on your newspaper's website and something is really, really wrong, and you just go in there and, like, change it after you get called out. So you, you change it, but you don't tell anybody you changed it. It's called a stealth edit. That's what the Safe School Toolkit does. And so they changed this advice, and they were like, yeah, make it, like, March 7th. We should be good to go by March 7th. I almost get the sense, I don't know this to be true, but I almost get the sense that they try to do these things quietly because they're trying not to agitate the teachers' union, don't call it a union. Uh, seriously, I think I th it's almost as if that might be one of the motivations behind it, but I do not know that, so I am not alleging it. But it almost seems like you're trying to sneak one past some organization or something. Got a couple of tweets here. At Pete Callender. Here is, well, whiny B. How hard is it exactly to take a mask off or not put it on at all? What protocols need to be put in place? This is a great question. Like this, this discussion about how long it's going to take people to get comfortable with the idea and then to enact the protocols for how to go to mask optional that like they're making it sound like it's this huge lift when it's literally less work
literally less work, right? Because you don't, if, if somebody's not wearing a mask, now you don't have to have any kind of interaction with them about the masks because it's their choice now. It's literally less to do. What kinds of protocols are like, oh, we got to set up all these communications. Really? Do you, do, you, do you think that the message hasn't already gotten to like everybody at Charlotte Mecklenburg schools? Literally everybody probably knows the policy today. That it's not happening until March 7th. I, I don't understand. Like, yeah, they, this, this, it's like martyr syndrome with so many of these people. Like, oh my gosh, I have so much stuff to do in order to just implement this one little thing. This is the, this is the person at work where their default position is no, right? Where you're like, hey, I have an idea. And they're like, no, that'll never work. I can't really do that. And then they give you all these reasons why it can't happen. And then, like, a week later, they come back and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I managed to do that thing. Oh, did you now? Isn't that interesting? McDellinger says, Pete, listening to your show today, I don't know how anybody keeps their kid in public school. These masks are for us. They hurt our kids educationally, physically, and emotionally, and many renowned doctors have stated that. Take your kids out. Sacrifice for your kids. Well, I mean, people have been doing that. That is true. People have been doing that. Um Carol Sawyer, District 4. She says they're following the science and data. And the experts, of course, the the experts are telling them what to do here. I'm fairly confident that when Dr. Washington made his recommendation, he knew there was a 10-day lag in implementation because he spoke a great deal about the falling metrics and anticipation that by the time that 10 days had passed and further that by the time the school's time had passed March 7th, that the, the transmission rates would have decreased. So I think we are following his recommendation nah. on March 7th. No, not really. If we want consistency in implementation to the rules of the toolkit that changed this week. We have no way of knowing nah. what those changes would be mm. on the 16th or before. Nah, not really. So. We can't plan for something that we don't know is going to change. Again. And if we've learned anything in these two years is that things change rapidly, and we have to respond to them. We can't anticipate that the toolkit's going to change. So we've, we've made it clear that we want consistency and implementation, and to do that, we need the time. Yeah, okay. These are just excuses. That's all these are. These are excuses. There is an obviously powerful lobby of some kind, uh, whether it's just fearful people or it's the teachers union, don't call it a union, whatever it may be. It's powerful. They want the mask mandate as long as possible. I don't know why, but they have clout. They got enough clout to keep it pushed back till the seventh. But no, uh, Dr. Washington talked about the mask mandate going away on the 16th. You knew this was coming. The county voted for it on the 16th. You knew this was coming. You did not want to harmonize your policy with the county's policy. You didn't want to. And by the way, if the the Safe Schools Toolkit, NC, if that thing hadn't been changed to put on the March 7th deadline or suggested date, I suspect y'all wouldn't be doing it now either. Which then lends credibility to the idea, to the theory that it's actually timed in order to, uh, uh, in order to give the governor the ability to veto the uh, free the smiles 
bill that has been making its way through the uh, the House, and well, actually, is now on his desk, awaiting his signature or veto. Um, oh, here's a good idea. So we're trying to think of a word instead of like what happens when the mandate goes away. Instead, of, in saying instead of having to say all of that, we got an idea from Sharon. How about instead of mandate, man done? I like it. It's a man done. Inst- yeah. M-A-N-D-U-N. How about that? Mandan. It's a man done. So that we got the mandate in place. Now man done. Okay. Um, Jennifer De La Hara says she's not baffled at all by CMS's lagging behind other districts. Yes, um, I'm not baffled either because I heard Dr. Washington say several times um, that he recommends March 7th based on all the information. He recommends you getting rid of it. He recommended it getting dropped by the 26th. That was his recommendation. Any day is fine. Shared his projections and how he was looking at that. And also his eagerness. And I appreciate the partnership of wanting to continue to confer with staff um, and make sure that we are set up the best that, that we can. So I look forward to that. I think one of the things I want to mention on this also just is, you know, we, we need to understand that multiple things can be true at the same time. And I think I've said this somewhere in the past two years in this pandemic before, you know, just like last year when we were able to understand that pre-vaccine uh, vaccinations and, and the decisions about going to, to virtual, um, that that might be a safer choice at that time. And that all, we were also able to hold true that we understood that for certain students that that posed um, um, stressors or mental health concerns. Devastation is the word you're looking for. Things at one time. And I feel like catastrophe situation where, you know, I'm glad that we're moving towards mask optional. And we can also recognize that we have to take this seriously and do this right. And that this may change. And I guess I'm just calling on us to just sort of remember that. That, you know, it doesn't always have to be the extremes, but there's this this place in the middle. Oh, my God. So this is all right. This is the kicker on all of this. All the people you heard it at the county commission meeting last week or yeah, last week where they were like, I just want to make sure like nobody's getting bullied. You know, we don't want to ostracize people if they're wearing the mask. Oh, yeah. You mean like the people who were not wearing the mask, like how they got bullied like that? Now, all of a sudden, everybody is so keen to watch out for everyone's feelings. Let's not make let's not make people feel bad about whether they wear the mask. Yeah, some of us have been saying that for a while. All right, News Talk 1110-993 WBT. Um, here's an update. I have no idea. Well, I probably I do. So at the county commission meeting, I played some of this audio the next day. Uh, county Commissioner Laura Meyer. Remember, she was making these comments under her breath. She thought that her microphone was off. They were not. We can hear all of this stuff. So when you're making the, the, the snide comments after people speak or whatever, we can hear you. The audience uh, you know, watching at home can hear that. And uh, this is what one of those pieces sounded like. Uh, first, I'd like to thank you all for the. Oh, this is a woman who showed up to I speak. Would not be safe returning to my uh, immune. Oh, hang on a second. She did not show up. I apologize. I wanted to get to the soundbite quickly, but she did. She was attending virtually because her kids are immunocompromised, and she takes several shots at the people in the audience with whom she disagrees on the mask mandate becoming a man done. Uh, first, I'd like to thank you all for the option to attend virtually, as I would not be safe returning to my uh, immune-compromised children. 
uh, from a gallery, it's 95% unmasked. Um, Chairman Dunlap, I'm concerned about suspending the mask mandate prior to the vote. I want you all to consider who you're helping and who you're hurting. Lifting the mask mandate adds risk and thus hurts children. It also hurts black and brown bodies in our community. To echo Commissioner Leak, <clears throat> during Black History Month, and knowing that all members of our community are equal. Consider that wearing a mask is an act of compassion and it's an action that matches our words. Dr. Washington, I also, the message is very clear. My children, kids like ours, those who are immune compromised are not welcome in the county of Mecklenburg. We love you. You don't. You don't. Thank you. Um, be before I move to the next speaker, let me, let me just share with you that we have the power and the authority to remove you from the audience. I want you to understand that. Show some respect. The same respect that you would ask people to show you. Two-way street. Thank you. Remember that. All right, Melissa Easley. Disgusting. They make me sick. All right, that last bit was Laura Meyer. Disgusting. They make me sick. Apparently, her opponent in the upcoming election, Matthew Ridenauer, uh, posted this on Facebook. Uh, and uh, as did others, uh, friends, this is how our current county commissioner refers to us, her constituents. We must elect Matthew Ridenauer. Um, and so she put out a statement yesterday on the Facebook. There seems to be a story unfolding on social media among some. And I would like to address it before this story in scare quotes becomes something that it is not. In our meeting on 216, when we were listening to public comments about the mask mandate, an emotional plea was made by a woman who was virtual. She pleaded with us to keep the mandate and spoke about her two immune compromised children. The crowd jeered and yelled sarcastic comments and our chair promptly reprimanded them. At around this moment, my mic was hot and I said under my breath, unreal and this makes me sick or something to that effect. I own that moment as mine. It is becoming a comedy. That's a way to say, yeah, guilty. I said it. She's not going to apologize, I don't think, but let's hear her out. It is becoming commonplace to see this disregard for others, but I, for one, cannot get used to it, and I hope I never do. At what point do we stop the divisiveness and listen to each other? So now, oh, so you're the victim here? Okay. The moment was heart-wrenching to hear, and I was sick to my stomach at what some in the audience were saying in response to the woman who had just spoken. Who, by the way, not for nothing basically called the crowd racists. So is that the divisiveness you're talking about? Or is it only the people who, or the woman who yelled out brainwashed and we love you. Like, I think that's the same one woman in the audience. All the rest were like groaning at being called racist by this woman who's appearing virtually. Meyer goes on in her statement, quote, I very much respect everyone's right to be heard, no matter the subject, if we agree or not, or if they are an R or a D. I respect all speakers during our public forum and hope they respect other opinions as well. But to be clear, I have no patience for hate, except unless if you're going to call everybody racist. I also want to acknowledge that many attendees emailed apologizing for the outburst from the audience. And I appreciated that 
I emailed responses to them telling them exactly that. I pray for peace, compassion for others, and reconciliation in Mecklenburg County and in our country. Regards. So, not apologizing. Doesn't apologize. Matthew Ridenour, I noted, uh, responded to her statement. He says, no, you did not say unreal, and you did not say, this makes me sick. You said, quote, disgusting, they make me sick. You showed utter disdain for your constituents. This statement attempts to rewrite history that you had some moment of righteous anger. He says, I've sat through a lot of Board of County Commission meetings. I have never seen commissioners address an audience like I did last week. It was wholly unbecoming a body of elected representatives. I said at the time, the day after when I was playing this audio, and here it is again. You can judge for yourself. The message is very clear. My children... Kids like ours, those who are immune compromised, are not welcome in the county of Mecklenburg. We love you. You don't. You don't. Thank you. Um, be- before I move to the next speaker, let me let me just share with you that we have the power and the authority to remove you from the audience. I want you to understand that. Show some respect. The same respect that you would ask people to show you. Two-way street. Thank you. Remember that. All right, Melissa Easley. Disgusting. They make me sick. Disgusting. They make me sick. That's what she said. And her statement tries to portray her as, like, righteously indignant at this, you know, grievous injury done to this woman who's zooming in uh, virtually to oppose the mask mandate and in doing so attacks all of the people that are on the other side of the issue. But Laura Meyer obviously, you know, is moved by that woman's story. That's an emotional plea, right? That's in, in rhetoric. Like that's what that speaker did used emotion in order to compel or convince. And maybe Meyer identifies more with her than with other people in the audience for whatever reason, like politically, whatever. And so to her, she saw that woman as the victim, solely the victim, not an aggressor of any kind. So uh, if there are any other updates, I'll bring them to you. Here's an update, though. Um, We are hiring because my producer, Ryan, is leaving me. He's taking a job up in his hometown, so today's his last day, Ryan. I wish you the best of luck. I encouraged him to, to, you know, take the opportunity that was presented to you, and so we're happy for you. Congrats. Thank you, Pete. Yes, I had a lot of fun over the last couple of months. I'm going to miss North Carolina. I've lived here for five years, and uh, you did a very good job of informing people. Well, thanks. Of things going on in the news while I was here. Well, and and before obviously, and just before you're out the door, we finally got some maps, <laughs> and you never had to register to vote here. You made it all this time without ever registering I'm to a, vote. I, I printed out the maps. I'm going to take them You're with me. You're going to take it with yeah. you. Very nice. <laughs> I'm going to frame it on my wall. Right. I mean, I'm not saying it's coincidental that, like, as soon as Ryan says he's leaving, we get maps, but... It was my gift to you all. Thank you. All right. Best of luck, Ryan. Thank you. It was nice knowing you. Um, <laughs> Brett Winterville's coming up next. Stick around. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I'll chat with you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.